Chapter 17 The Experience of E.G. White in Preparing the Desire of Ages Notations from Letters and Diaries July 15, 1892 This week I have been enabled to commence writing on the life of Christ. Oh, how inefficient, how incapable I am of expressing the things which burn in my soul in reference to the mission of Christ. I have hardly dared to enter upon the work. There is so much to it all. And what shall I say? What shall I leave unsaid? I lie awake nights, pleading with the Lord for the Holy Spirit to come upon me, to abide upon me. I walk with trembling before God. I know not how to speak or trace with pen the large subject of the atoning sacrifice. I know not how to present subjects in the living power in which they stand before me. I tremble for fear lest I shall belittle the great plan of salvation by cheap words. I bow my soul in awe and reverence before God and say, Who is sufficient for these things? Letter 40, 1892 May 23, 1893 It is cloudy and raining this morning. I have been writing upon the life of Christ since four o'clock. Oh, that the Holy Spirit may rest and abide upon me, that my pen may trace the words which will communicate to others the light which the Lord has been pleased in His great mercy and love to give to me. Manuscript 80, 1893 June 15, 1893 I am anxious to get out the life of Christ. Marion Davis specifies chapters and subjects for me to write upon that I do not see really need to be written upon. I may see more light in them. These I shall not enter upon without the Lord's Spirit seeming to lead me. The building of a tower, the war of kings, these things do not burden my mind, but the subjects of the life of Christ. His character representing the Father, the parables essential for us all to understand and practice the lessons contained in them, I shall dwell upon. Letter 131, 1893 July 2, 1893 I write some every day on the life of Christ. One chapter sets my mind fresh upon other subjects so that I have several scratchbooks that I am writing upon. I hardly dare send manuscript by young Linden, fearing it may get lost, and I wish to give more time to some subjects. Letter 132, 1893 Written from New Zealand. July 7, 1893. I have written you a little bit every mail we heard of that went to America, and when Brother Linden went, sent you a letter and manuscript, some on the life of Christ. That on the life of Christ can be used for articles for the paper. Letter 133, 1893. Late 1894. It is decided in council I shall write on the life of Christ, but how any better than in the past? Questions and the true condition of things here and there are urged upon me. I have done scarcely anything on the life of Christ and have been obliged to often bring Marion to my help, irrespective of the work on the life of Christ which she has to do under great difficulties, gathering from all my writings, a little here and a little there, to arrange as best she can. But she is in good working order, if I could only feel free to give my whole attention to the work. 
She has her mind educated and trained for the work. And now I think, as I have thought a few hundred times, I shall be able, after this mail, American, closes, to take the life of Christ and go ahead with it, if the Lord will. Letter 55, 1894. October 25, 1894. Marion is working at the greatest disadvantage. I find but little time in which to write on the life of Christ. I am continually receiving letters that demand an answer, and I dare not neglect important matters that are brought to my notice. Then there are churches to visit, private testimonies to write, and many other things to be attended to that tax me and consume my time. Marion greedily grasps every letter I write to others in order to find sentences that she can use in the life of Christ. She has been collecting everything that has a bearing on Christ's lessons to his disciples from all possible sources. After the camp meeting is ended, which is a very important meeting, I shall locate myself in some place where I can give myself to the work of writing on the life of Christ. There is much to be done in the churches, and I cannot act my part in keeping up the interest and do the other work that is necessary for me to do without becoming so weary that I cannot devote strength to the writing on the life of Christ. I am much perplexed as to what is my duty. I have about decided to devote all my time to writing for the books that ought to be prepared without further delay. I would like to write on the life of Christ on Christian temperance, ministry of healing, and prepare testimony number 34, volume 6, for it is very much needed. I will have to stop writing so much for the papers and let the Review and Herald and the Signs of the Times and all other periodicals go without articles from my pen for this year. All articles that appear under my signature are fresh new writings from my pen. I am sorry that I have not more literary help. I need this kind of help very much. Fanny Bolton could help me a great deal on the bookwork if she had not so many articles to prepare for the papers and so many letters and testimonies to edit to meet the demands of my correspondence and the needs of the people. It is of no use to expect anything from Marion Davis until the life of Christ is completed. I wish I could procure another intelligent worker who could be trusted to prepare matter for the press. Such a worker would be of great value to me. But the question is, where shall I find such a one? I am brain-weary much of the time. I write my pages before breakfast. I rise in the morning at two, three, and four o'clock. You know that my whole theme, both in the pulpit and in private, by voice and pen, is the life of Christ. Hitherto, nearly all that I have written on this theme has been written during the hours when others are sleeping. Letter 41, 1895. June 6, 1896. That which is holy and elevated in heavenly things I scarcely dare represent. Often I lay down my pen and say, Impossible, impossible for finite minds to grasp eternal truths and deep holy principles and to express their living import. I stand ignorant and helpless. The rich current of thought takes possession of my whole being. I lay down my pen and say, O Lord, I am finite, I am weak and simple and ignorant. Thy grand and holy revelations I can never find language to express. My words seem inadequate. 
I despair of clothing the truth God has made known concerning his great redemption, which engrossed to itself his undivided attention in the only begotten Son of the Infinite One. The truths that are to last through time and through eternity, the great plan of redemption which costs so much for the salvation of the human race, presenting before them a life that measures with the life of God, these truths are too full, deep, and holy for human words or human pen to adequately express. Manuscript 23, 1896. July 29, 1897. I awake at half past two and offer up my prayer to God in the name of Jesus. I am weak in physical strength. My head is not free from pain. My left eye troubles me. In writing upon the life of Christ, I am deeply wrought upon. I forget to breathe as I should. I cannot endure the intensity of feeling that comes over me as I think of what Christ has suffered in our world. Manuscript 70, 1897. July 16, 1896. The manuscript for The Life of Christ is just about to be sent to America. Compiler's Note. Contrary to her expectation, it was not until early 1898 that the manuscript was ready to send to the Pacific Press. It was sent in piecemeal, for new revelations led to many additions to the manuscript thought to be complete. This will be handled by the Pacific Press. I have employed workers to prepare this book, especially Sister Davis, and this has cost me $3,000. Another 3000 will be needed to prepare it to be scattered, broadcast through the world in two books. We hope that they will have a large sale. I have devoted little time to these books for speaking, writing articles for the papers, and writing private testimonies to meet and repress the evils that are coming in keeps me busy. Letter 114, 1896. Meeting Criticisms of the Desire of Ages. June 20, 1900. I received your letter, Edson. Compiler's Note. James Edson White wrote to his mother on May 11, 1900, presenting criticisms of the size, format, price, and illustrations of the Desire of Ages. He also objected to the appendix in the first edition, asking, What is the use of pitching into other people's beliefs in the way that it is done in this appendix? He argued that such material made it difficult for literature evangelists to sell the book. In regard to the desire of ages, when you meet with those who have criticisms to make, as will always be the case, do not take any notice of the supposed mistakes, but praise the book, tell of its advantages. The Desire of Ages would have been the same size as the two former books, Patriarchs and Prophets and the Great Controversy, had it not been for the strong recommendation of Brother O, who was then General Canvassing Agent. What you say about the appendix is the first objection we have heard regarding that feature. Many have spoken of the great help that they have found in the appendix. If people are prejudiced against anything that makes prominent the Sabbath, that very objection shows the necessity of it being there to convict minds. Let us be guarded. Let us refuse to allow the criticisms of anyone to imprint objections on our minds. Let criticizers live by their trade of criticism. They cannot speak in favor of the very best of blessings without attaching a criticism to cast a shadow of reproach. 
Let us educate ourselves to praise that which is good when others criticize. Murmurers will always pick flaws, but let us not be saddened by the accusing element. Let us not consider it a virtue to make and suggest difficulties which one mind and another will bring in to harass and perplex. Letter 87, 1900.